All right, you're listening to The Conversation, a part of the Orchard Hill Teachings podcast, where we talk about the recent teachings at Orchard Hill Church and how we can apply what we've been learning in our everyday lives. I'm Jonathan Rogers. I'm here with Alice Shirey. Alice, how you doing? Hey, good. Good. And Jeff, hey, Mickey. Hey, Johnny. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Alice. Hey, Jeff. I love it. The conversation. The conversation. Yeah, we're going to call nice. it that now. The conversation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty legit, doesn't it? Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I thought it, it make, make us sound more, more That's uh, what it official. Is. That's yeah. what it is. Um, all right. So we are um, into the Beauty and Wonder series. I guess we are almost done with it, right? Yeah, that's, um, right. that's right. One it's always week. kind of interesting to come from Christmas into a new series. How was that? Alice, you taught Christmas Eve. How was uh, yeah. that transition? Yeah. It's always a little... That was a bit of a sharp a little, corner. <laughs> yeah. Just as I was recovering, yeah. I looked up and realized, hey. Took a really strong leader to pull it off. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the, it did. Well, it, it did. And you. Well, oh, yeah, you were on vacation. I was talking Whoops. about me. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> <laughs> it was good, though. It was yeah. good. I was excited about the topic. So yeah, and Christmas Eve was great. So. Hey, thanks. Thank you for, hey, thanks. for that. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. Um, so I'm going to jump right in here. Uh, since we're talking about beauty and wonder, um, I thought you know the first question we could just ask was, where have you um, recently seen the beauty of God? Um, in a way that uh, created some sense of wonder in your lives. Uh, yeah, I was just uh, I was just at breakfast with a friend this morning. I was talking about that, and it was like, uh, you know, sometimes I I feel like I want to have more of a. A lot of times, I, I want to have more intimacy with God. I want to hear more from God. I want to um, participate in His beauty more, and I, I feel like I'm just not hearing Him. And and uh, and He's, you know, I hear other people talk about. Well, I heard God tell me this. I'm like. Really? I mean, you heard, and I've had those experiences a few times in my life, probably more than what I am even should have, maybe. So I'm sitting there one morning, and I'm just like really trying to have a good quiet time and trying to work it, you know, and just, God, I just really want to hear from you. Yeah, and and uh, and, and I'm just kind of have my eyes closed and pray, and I and I and I look up, and um, and it was the morning where all the trees were just flocked that with that frost. Yeah. And, and the sky was kind of a lighter gray. And I looked out the back window and we've got this big open field with the snow and the flock tree. And it was almost like I was saying, um, w- would that be enough beauty for you? Hello. It was, <laughs> it, and I just had to stop and just say, yeah, yeah, that's, that's enough. I just think God's creation, I connect with God's creation a lot. Um, that's where I find his beauty. And that was just a moment for me. And I would like to just sat there all day and to take it in. But, but you know, that's not necessarily the what it's supposed to be about either just yeah. appreciate it in the moment so that's awesome yeah, yeah. that's awesome. nice yeah. yeah i thought of a few things i mean nature's pretty i mean you have to be fairly blind to not see the beauty of god there and be amazed and and what and are you saying about me alice I... <laughs> 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 uh, i'm saying so a couple things, we have a lot of windows in our house and there's where I sit in the morning and where Chuck sits, if you look out one window, you can just see what happens with the sunrise and we're all, we're just talk to each other all morning about what we're seeing. The Another window we look out, my neighbor feeds the birds. She's a great human being. I don't. Um, and we just have these branches that we can see out that window and then every once in a while, a red cardinal just sits in one of those branches and it's just stunning. Um and then I was thinking, oh, same window. We have a leak in our gutter. <laughs> and it dripped down enough water that froze into these incredible icicles that were almost inexplainable. Um, 
the, I don't know, just the small things like that, that, that Chuck and I just notice together when we look outside um, our windows. But then also the other night we were watching the football games with my parents who are in their 80s and been married w- well over 50 years. And just looking at their faces, they make each other laugh. They love talking about our kids to us and just watching their, I mean, they would hate to hear me say it, but just their wrinkled faces that I love so much. And I've watched laugh and cry. And I think that's pretty, pretty darn beautiful too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I was thinking kind of the same thing. It's easy to see, you know, the beauty of God in nature and stuff, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's hard to see it in like relationships like that. Do you feel like you have to look really hard to see that or does it come pretty naturally to you when you see, you know, that your, your in-laws interacting that way? Yeah. I think it depends. Yeah. It depends on my mood yeah. and, and, and whether or not I'm um, disconnected from my own selfishness enough to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it surprises me. I'm in places where I don't expect it. I was um, helping one of the kids from youth art team have a conversation with their sibling who was in the juvenile detention facility. I was sitting with them in a conference room and I was just supposed to supervise this conversation between a big sister and a little brother. I was not expecting beauty. And then the, and I was kind of trying to help, like they needed my help, like they needed me to direct the conversation, but I could tell they wanted me to just shut up. So I just closed my mouth and I listened to this sister who's in juvenile detention, speak the most profound words of hope and beauty and encouragement to her little brother, almost that I've ever heard in my life. And I watched this little boy just grow silent and his eyes filled with tears. And it was as if she was, if it it, it was, if she was just feeding a starving child, I was not expecting it. And then when I, when I, I'm, I'm old enough and wise enough now to, when I, when I know what's happening to just shut my mouth and open my eyes, it was profound. Yeah, I, I think you put yourself in a lot of positions, uh, in a lot of opportunities to be able to see that, though, uh, deliberately and intentionally. You put yourself in some hard situations sometimes, or some potentially challenging situations, yeah. and and maybe you don't expect to see it there, and then when, you, when you see it, it's all the more spectacular. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, sometimes I feel like uh, I don't always see the beauty in the moment, but maybe I can maybe think back on a, a situation <laughs> and then see the beauty in it. Mm. Um, I, I guess that's maybe a way that, that we can do that too, right? Maybe we aren't good at doing it in the moment, but if we look back, we can see it. Does that ever happen to you guys? Oh, I think that's definitely true. I think because some things can be really hard in the moment and um, it doesn't seem beautiful in the moment. And afterwards, maybe there's some, uh, as you reflect upon it, Maybe you realize that God was at work in some way that you weren't expecting, and I think that's that's really wise, Johnny. I think that's that speaks to, you know, uh, a good practice of taking some time to reflect on what happened today. Yep. Where did I see God's beauty? Um, I think that's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. It's why it's why the Old Testament is filled with the word "remember," mm-hmm. you know, and and we just we so quickly move on. But I do think there's almost this God created thing in us that it's why we always 
continue to have Thanksgiving meals with our family, <laughs> like that we can tend to forget the bad and, and see the good. But there is, there's something beautiful about that, right? That give, give something that might've seemed hard in the moment, like sweaty and hot. And my aunt always talks too much and my kids are crabby, but <laughs> give it a few days and settle back right. into yourself and look back. And then you'll remember that conversation was great. Or, you know, even though that dumb tradition makes us all groan, I can see the joy in my kids' faces or something. So there's something about being able to see it in the moment, but there's also something you're right, Jeff, about being disciplined enough to take a, it doesn't have to be a lot of time, just a little bit of time Mm -hmm. to look back and say, where did I, where did I see beauty? Because I bet it was there. Right. You know? Well, I think we way overcomplicate it, right? I mean, I think about, (laughs) you know, as I think about this, you know, the little moment we had before we even turned the mics on and we're laughing together. We were laughing hard, you guys, really a a lot. That's beauty, right? I mean, that we have that kind of friendship that we're able to work together, that we're able to enjoy a lot. I mean, we could be uh, just so spiritually poor and so emotionally bankrupt right now and and that that laughter would just, but, but laughter's a gift. You know, and it's a gift that brings friendship. I mean, it's, I don't want to overstate it. Sure. But it's a simple yeah. picture of beauty. I mean, Stop that, looking for, you know, start trying to make the only things that are beautiful are these uber spiritual Grand things. acts of, yeah. Nope. So how can we do that? Because I think it is important to look back, but I also want to get better myself at recognizing it in the moment. I think a lot of times I, with just the busyness of life mm-hmm. and what everything that we have going on, I just don't, I just don't see it. Um, so do you guys have any ideas of how we can get better at just recognizing right now, this is, this is beautiful. What's happening right now in front of me. That's great. I, you know, I wish I was more practiced at it, Johnny. I think, um, it's easier to give you an answer than to actually live it. That's right. And so, you know, I think I shared in my teaching that, um, my first day back from, from vacation, uh, during after taking some time off at Christmas. You mean when I was writing a new sermon and you were on vacation uh, yes, that time? That, okay, just checking. Yes, that would be it. <laughs> <laughs> so I come back and I'm looking at my to-do list and my inbox and my email and all this other stuff and, and um, I'm just starting to get overwhelmed and, and I just paused for a second and pulled out a devotional and I read from it for a couple of minutes and said, this stuff can wait. And I've just prayed and I said, God, I, I really, you know, part of this because we're in this series, Beauty and Wonder, I just really want to be somebody who looks for your beauty today and 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 gets to participate in that in some way. Will you help me to do that? And again, I didn't feel different when I finished praying that and my circumstances didn't change, but my mindset changed. And when I got to work and I sat down on my desk, I, I actually was a little bit excited because like there's going to be opportunities for some beauty here today. And it changed my my perspective and my focus to say, I'm going to look for that today, even in the smallest ways. Now, how long did that last? Did that last all day? I I can't, I don't even remember how long it lasted, but I know when I sat down, it had changed because I made that an intentional focus. Like, you know, if we could start each day saying, God, I just want to look for your beauty and I want to participate in your beauty today. Help me to do that. You know, maybe that's a prayer we whisper throughout the day. I think it can change our focus. I like that. I like that. I mean, I think there's some intentionality about it, of course. And I like how you're talking about kind of trying to frame up your, choose your mindset for the day. I like how you're talking about how it can't just be like this moment at the start of the day and then you never come back to it because things slip. I also think this idea of um, maybe the night before or the morning, 
looking back at the day before, it almost sets you up to be excited because you'll be shocked and amazed at what looks like an ordinary Tuesday. If you look back on it on Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, how much was actually there and then it kind of sets you up. But I think it's all about choosing what you're going to watch for. You know, and so much of what we get bombarded with right now in this world is negative and ugly. Think about, you know, what you see on the news or hear on the news or what Twitter is full of or, you know, you get kind of hardwired to look for the ugly in human beings or to think that's all there is. And so it takes a reframing. I mean, I'm not very good at it either, but I, I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at it because I also realize my days are numbered. You know what I mean? Like an ordinary Tuesday is just becoming more precious to me. Um, I think I'm not so busy too with younger kids. That's super hard. Well, it takes some energy, right? I mean, to even, you got to have some energy energy. to even get there. Yep. Uh, You know, and Dave talked about this in one of his teachings right before Christmas, I think in the fall, but he talked about, I think he said something about people tend to see what they expect to see. And he told the story about getting on the on the train or the bus, you know, and he saw something different than his wife saw because they both saw kind of what they were expecting to see. And I think that that's true. And I think, so what am I expecting to see? And and can I shift what I'm expecting to see? Um, Do I really believe that God has beauty planned for this day? And can I trust that, trust that I can look for it and find it? And Carla talks about when you're in community with other people or even in just conversation, she, ta- she, she says this phrase, expect to be amazed. Yeah. That boy, that's just stuck with me. I was talking to a guy I work out with at the Sportsplex who I've just discovered talks quite a bit, talks a lot. And I, so I ask him a question and the next thing I know, I'm just standing at the steps like, dude, wow. <laughs> but, I, but as I was like, ozoning off listening to him that that thought came into my mind like look at his face look at his eye can you expect to be amazed with this human being you know even though I wanted to go and get my coffee and just go home and take a shower but for whatever reason this person wanted to tell me these things and so that phrase expect to be amazed has really stuck with me yeah and I think the community part too I mean you said it you know Carla kind of gave you this piece but I think uh just having other people who are saying, hey, where do you see beauty today? Or them yeah. sh- sharing where they see it is really helpful because yeah. it gives me a new places to look and to think about. I didn't even think about it that way. You know, I was thinking about how much this person, you know, rubbed me the wrong way or something and somebody else will talk about their humor or did you notice what they did? And it was like, no, because I was so irritated by, <laughs> by what they were doing. But somebody else saw beauty in it. It's like, yeah, that that's part of the training. Like if I can hear yeah. somebody else's perspective. Mm-hmm. It's good. We help each other. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I tell my kids a lot is that, um, and have learned over time is just that all the things that are basically anything that is good is hard. Yeah. If you think about all the good <laughs> things in your life, it's your, you know, your kids think about having a baby, how hard that was. Think about raising so children. So hard. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. No, I mean, you guys don't. But I'm uh, just speaking. But, from but the good experience. things in your life, right? I mean, yeah. are most marriages. Of the time, yeah. Extremely hard. Family. Yeah. Your job. Yeah. Um, Chiefs losing the AFC Chiefs Championship lose. game. Exactly. Is that, that the hard. one with the bad call? No, that was the no. other one. But Johnny's a big Chiefs fan. I'm a Chiefs fan, fan oh. so, so it was, yeah, it was hard. But even you found beauty. I found beauty in How? it. Yeah. That they say, got where they were uh, ahead of I schedule. Say, I said, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. they were probably a year early. talking about sports so. right now. 
Um, no, we won't talk I about like this. But, <laughs> but when you, but when you talk about beauty and, you know, being able to see that it's, it can be hard and, um, That's you know, right. yeah. But what be. a, what a life changing decision yeah. to go through life seeking, disciplining yourself and expecting to see beauty versus just being a cynical, cranky, bitter, right. negative person, always looking for the worst. It'll change your life. And you'll go day. I mean, and you will also go days without seeing beauty, just because of hardship you're facing That's or right. challenge you're facing. I That's mean, you, right. you know, and so you know, we don't want to make it That's sound okay like, too. oh, look, I, you know, <laughs> Pollyanna, <laughs> right? But it, it is hard. Yeah. Um, but we can look for it and train ourselves to look for it. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Um, Jeff, I think you talk about um, forgiveness in your teaching. Um, let's talk about does forgiveness come easy? to you does it come hard to you what kind of gets in the way i mean maybe that's a yes, dumb question easy. maybe it's maybe it's hard for all of us uh, but what helps or hinders you um in that forgiveness struggle that's a great question alice what do you think <laughs> <laughs> i was just settling in i was settling in to hear your answer uh forgiveness does not come super easy for i i think it i i actually thought about this a little bit i think it depends on on what the issue is right like like oh, yeah and and how how severe it is uh a lot of things i'm willing to just look past and and but if i feel like i've like somebody has really done me wrong i i can hold a grudge yeah and um i cannot even be aware that i'm holding a grudge and um and i and i have to give it some thought for a while i mean it's not like it's not instantaneous um i have to work through it i think i go through like everybody else i i don't always know the story uh of why the other person did what they did. And, and when I don't know the story, I start filling in the gaps myself. And inevitably, I, I think it's human nature to tend to make it even worse than it was. So now it's even harder for me to forgive because I've made up some story that may or may not exist for why the person offended me in the way that they did. So then I, that just tangles it up and makes it even more complicated to untangle. Um, so it isn't really until I uh, probably spend some time reflecting on it and thinking about it and um, saying, you know, it's not about me a lot of times. I think I have to just take myself out of it. Like it wasn't about me. This was something that was going on in this other person's life or in their mind or in their world. Isn't that one of the hardest parts? It is. It, but if I can get there, right, then I can get myself more ready to forgive them. But until I get there, when, it, when I, once I make it all about me, yeah. it's virtually impossible for me to, to get to forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think, um, you know, Carla and I did this six-week class on forgiveness, not because we have it mastered, but because we just wanted to have a place where people could talk about this. It's a, it's, it's m both more complicated than we think and less complicated mm. than we think. I mean, there are certain mm. grievances and instances where it's obvious that the only option for a follower of Jesus is to just offer a simple I forgive you, but there are other deeper issues where, and, and pardon me because I've been reading about this, that forgiveness and um, bringing justice to an issue have to go together. Mm -hmm. For in, you know, for instance, a, an abuse of a child or rape or, you know, some grievous kind of, um, um, 
I don't know, darkness or evil perpetrated against another human being, you can't just say to them, you just have to forgive them. No. But, but there needs to be some kind of acknowledgement of the crime. There needs to be some kind of appropriate response to it. And then in light of that, forgiveness can become part of a process. And sometimes I think we push Christians to just say, well, you need to forgive them. I, I was reading that after the Columbine shooting, which was decades ago now, Remember that first mm-hmm. school yeah. shooting mm-hmm. in this country? Mm-hmm. Before the bodies were even removed from the building, there were youth pastors in that building saying to their young, you know, Christian students, have you forgiven Dylan and what's his name? You know, and these kids were just like, I just saw my friend murdered. Right. No, not yet. So so it, it's a process and it's... It's it's deeper mm-hmm. than just a, I forgive you, mm-hmm. and so let's pretend you didn't do anything, and I my job is to just cover over it. Yeah. There's a there's a mixture of forgiveness and the the justice of God, not necessarily my justice. I'm yeah. probably no. I think that's uh, you know, and I, I I think some things I've been reading. It's like I think there's a there there is a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. So. Right. Forgiveness is a step in the reconciliation process, but you know, you may not be called. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking wrong about this. Uh, somebody who who was raped or somebody, you know, br- brutal abuse. I don't know that they're necessarily called to reconcile the relationship that they had with no, that person. No, no, and they're, pro- uh, they're forgiveness probably is something not. different, right? Yeah, and, you can and, forgive from a distance, right? You can forgive and say, "I'm still not going to be in the same I, room." I don't with want you. ill will yeah. for this person. I'm not going to do. I'm not going to ha- take revenge on this person or wish bad things. But I'm also not going to be around this person ever again. Right. And there and, and there's forgiveness in that, and and that is a forgiveness that I think you know, brings forgiveness to the person who was abused and who was violated yeah. in some way. I think if the person holds on to the bitterness and holds on to the anger and holds on to the hurt of, then they are continuing to allow that event and, and those things to to injure them and to harm them. Again, I wouldn't want to be the one to say, you need to forgive this person and you do it now. It's a process they have to work yeah. through. But But you do see that unforgiveness holds people back sometimes. Right. And, um, does more harm to them than it does to the person that they're not forgiving. And I think the reason that we're talking about this is because when somebody truly does kind of do that radical forgiveness, yeah. it is it's beautiful when we see that, right? I think Dave talks about this in his it teaching is. with the the Amish. Um, yeah, you know that that, that they, the family, the, family the kids that, who were yeah. murdered, and the families just yeah, um, incredible. That is, I mean, it's such a uh, picture of Christ's love, um, but you know, a lot of us haven't had maybe something like that happen to us and we still hold on to the bitterness about, you know, <laughs> like our, somebody does something to us petty, right. you know, I think right. I've forgiven somebody and I realize, you know, a couple weeks later or something that I'm still treating this person pretty yeah. poorly you yeah. know, and I'm holding on to this bitterness. What does it mean to truly like forgive somebody yeah. in just kind of those situations? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have just a couple thoughts. I don't, I mean, I don't think I can give you like a perfect definition and like, here's how you know, but like a couple things. One is that you have released that person to God's care. And by care, I mean both really good care, but also however God wants to handle 
whatever that issue is. Um, two is you find that that person's not taking up all the space in your head. You know what I mean? Sure. Like you're not spending all this time having an imaginary conversation with this person, how you're going to like really show them or um, et cetera. But the other thing I think that, that, and this is where it ties into the cross. And we talk about the reason this kind of thing is beautiful is because it's shaped. It looks like the cross is that to forgive someone is going to cost us something. Yeah. To forgive someone yeah. means we don't get to continue to put the whatever they did to us, the pain, the wound, the hurt, the evil, back into circulation. We don't send it back to them twice as big. You know what I mean? You did this to me, so now I'm going to do this to you, and then they do it to you. And then, I mean, look at Israel, Palestine, and, yeah. and you can see how that all works. But what, what Jesus, what God did on the cross. In, G- in Jesus, in, in the second person of the Trinity, was he absorbed the evil of the world. And part of what forgiveness demands for petty things and big things is that to a certain extent, we, like Christ, absorb the evil by not putting it back into circulation. Mm-hmm. So how do I know I've forgiven? Part of it is that it's going to cost me something. Mm-hmm. It's going to be painful, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to put the darkness back into circulation. Mm-hmm. I don't wish that person. I don't. But, but Johnny, I mean, in your instance, you recognize, hey, <laughs> I haven't, I'm not, I'm not fully on this journey yet. So we don't beat ourselves up. We just notice it's God's gentle nudging. Right. And then we say, okay, God, what more do I need to do? What more needs to happen? But do you think, you know, I think you said, you know, what you notice that you're resentful or something of somebody, you know, still, like, I mean, does that necessarily mean you haven't forgiven them? Sure. It's a little bit of the, what you were talking about, the reconciliation, like you're not reconciled, but you've maybe forgiven, right? It, right. And, I, and as I hear you talking, Alice, yeah. I'm just thinking like, you've taught, you've, you've brought on that evil and, and, and so, um, you know, there's there's still the hurt. There's still the the. I mean, you can still be deeply hurt and wounded. Right. I think you're working on a healing process. Absolutely. Right? Um, and that can take time. So you to, might have a reaction. You might have a reaction, them. yeah, and you might still feel some things. But I think you're, I think again, you're recognizing it and reminding yourself, no, I've forgiven this person, and they have no power over me anymore, and I'm not going to let this drive my actions towards them. And um, I yeah. think I, I think that. It's complicated. That's where the complicated part. Right. I, I've never it's, really seen a great definition of like, there's all these people who talk about this is what really forgiveness is. And I'm like, they're all kind of right. Well, and, and all everything's like nuanced. I mean, is Johnny's situation the same as the family whose children were right. abused by their neighbor? Or you know what I mean? Like, is, is Chuck's situation that he's working on with the duck pond the same as, you know, I mean, yeah. there's just everything's nuanced. And that's where so often Christians look for a law. <laughs> And what Jesus promised us was his spirit. Yeah. And so we need each other. Yeah. We need the scriptures. We need to be able to say, can you help me think this through? Yeah. You know? But we want kind of a rule. Yeah. And there's just not a rule. Yeah. Um, one of the things we wanted to yes. we wanted to talk about was this absurdity of calling the cross, which was hmm. a yeah. Roman form of execution, beautiful. Yeah. Right? What do you yeah. what do you get what do you make of that? Hmm. Well, yeah, uh, it's a paradox, right? Because it clearly isn't beautiful. It's clearly tragic, and um, and it speaks to the human condition, and it and not just of the day that Jesus was alive, but of today. That 
today we continue to crucify him. We continue to reject him. We continue to mock him in so many different ways. And he continues to go to the cross for us and take our sins upon him. Preach. Right. I mean, yeah, and so, you're doing and, it. And so, um, so that, so that, that's, there, there's an ugliness there. The beauty is that Christ's humility and willingness and love to take that and to say, I still love you. And no matter what you've done and no matter what you do, I still love you. And I will, I will hang here and I will go to this cross as many times as I need you to get you to understand that my father loves you and my father wants a relationship with you. I, I mean, there's nothing more beautiful than a love that, that sacrifices. You know, we're, we're getting ready to start this new series, yeah. The Prodigal Family. Yeah. Prodigal yeah. means reckless and it, and it basically talks about um, like, like God spends it all. It's, it's a reckless spendthrift, I think is what is what he's defined. God spent it all. He's willing to spend every last drop of everything he has to win us and win us back to him so that he can give us the life that he wants us. That's the beauty of the cross. Mm-hmm. That, that was the only way that was the, the only way that, that that could be done was through that sacrifice. And Jesus was willing to do that, lay down his life for us. Really? What more should I say? But I do want to say one thing. <laughs> I know you have something. <laughs> I love that. I, I think it's important that we yeah. think about it. You know, I was watching a, I don't know if it was 60 Minutes or something about a guy who every time there's a shooting, a mass shooting, he makes crosses in his garage, white crosses, and delivers them anywhere across the country. And I just was thinking, isn't that weird? <laughs> that, this, I mean, nobody in Jesus' day would have ever thought of anybody ever using the, I mean, the Romans were hated, and ex- crucifixion was saved for the least of human beings. It was, it was done outside the city. It was, it was a sign that you were less than human, you know? And it was, only res- it, was, it was only reserved for the least of the least, and it was, a, it was mocking, it was shameful, it was irreligious, it was horrifying. And so here, here we are now. 2,000 years from the crucifixion and the resurrection. And that is a symbol that brings hope and peace and says something. He says when he brings these crosses to these families, they just weep. And I've just been thinking about that, especially with this series, that we're saying the unique beauty that Christians are called to live is a beauty that looks like the cross, this sacrifice and i was thinking about some of the words too that are used in scripture about it that it's it's shameful that that um jesus scorned the shame and he endured this cross and um and i and and i was thinking too about what you were saying jeff that you know sometimes we think well what happened there was that god sent jesus to die but what it really is is god himself Hmm. Because, and, and, and part of why the cross and the crucifixion is so important is that it demonstrates the absolute horrible nature of sin. Mm-hmm. It could have been any other form of death, but it had to be this one. Mm-hmm. And, and what we don't understand always is that God himself was absorbing all of that, mm-hmm. the shame, the scorn, the irreligiousness, the ugliness of it, the inhumanity of it, he absorbed all that into himself mm-hmm. so that we could live. 
I mean, it's I, I almost can't quite, well, I 100% can't get my head around right. it. But that's the beauty that we're called to, to look at and to worship and to model our lives after. And I'd rather not. <laughs> right? right? I'd rather model my life after something else. But what I'm also understanding is that no human being would think up this religion. No human being would say, well, you know what we'll do? We'll just have a God who, who dies on the cross. Right. 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 Who would follow that? Right. Well, when that God came back from the dead, the cross right. became beautiful. Yeah. So. Johnny, you yeah. usually have some good thoughts on. On what? Things that. like this. <laughs> Well, I was I was kind of thinking um, that I think the challenge that I'm going to take from this is that every time I see a cross, I'm not going to th- kind of think of it in kind of, you know, roses and everything's perfect, but that it was this ugly symbol that God flipped, yeah. turned around, and yeah. made it beautiful. Yeah. And if he can do that, then I can make some argument that I had with, you know, my daughter or my wife or somebody at the gas station, you know, make that, I can make that beautiful. Find some beauty in that. That's great. That's a really great, yeah, that's a really great point. Mm -hmm. You know? Absolutely. Um, So I think, I feel like, I think, I feel like we covered it. That's good. Good word. This is the conversation. This is the conversation. It was a good conversation. Except you got two teachers in here who aren't that great at conversation. I'm not. Give me a microphone, dude, and give me a (laughs) question. And I just, we could call it the pontification, the (laughs) sermonization, the... (laughs) The, Yes. The expansion. (laughs) The the blah, blah, blah of Alice Shirey answering your question. I'm going to expound on that. Expounding conversation. But it's it's fun to think about these things, you know? Yeah. together yeah well we're gonna try to do these once uh once a series that's kind of my uh great. new year's resolution awesome for great for these so oh it's january and now we've just we, said we got, it so I we know. better do it it's now we both gotta... beautiful and wonderful johnny <laughs> okay <laughs> that's right <laughs> maybe not every series i don't know <laughs> no but, but the next one for sure no, we'll the one on prodigal one family and, yeah. if you can get if you can try to get bartlett in here to talk about we'll that, get him that'd in be here good. we'll get him in here all right really good thanks thanks guys thanks bye